You're listening to another episode of the Young Investors Podcast, so sit back and relax as myself, Brandon, and my buddy Hamish discuss the latest in the world of finance and stock market investing. Now, a quick reminder before we get into the podcast is that nothing in this podcast should be taken on as personal financial advice. If you're ever unsure about your finances or investing and you need some help, make sure you reach out to a qualified financial advisor. But with all that said, let's get into another episode of the Young Investors Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Brandon. How are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm uh, actually this morning, I'm quite tired, but (laughs) I'll perk up. Yeah. I'm still recovering. Whoa, what a big episode 100 it was last week. You know, I'm, I'm still a bit hungover from it, you know. <laughs> a week later. Wow. A week later. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that, that night I was so excited about episode 100. I just absolutely sent it. Yeah. I've act- I'm still, yeah. still hungover. Yeah. I've actually been listening to it on repeat for the past week. <laughs> oh, God. So- that sounds like torture. Yeah, I can think of anything worse than <laughs> listening to my own voice. <laughs> I thought that, that isn't that what they do to 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 prisoners that they want that they just play the same audio clips over and over again on end. <laughs> Please make it stop. No. <laughs> I've heard all I can about Google's Q3 earnings. <laughs> I know every number. <laughs> Uh, that's good were you um were you watching much of the election coverage yesterday oh my gosh was i ever it's so weird it's like we've got we don't here in australia we've got no say um it Mm. it affects us kind of but not really not like in america but Mm. you would think that something where i've got no say and it impacts me minimally i would just not really care about it um and i was trying to do just some editing yesterday um but i just couldn't couldn't edit i don't know i was just constantly having to walk back over to the tv and watch mm. the coverage of <laughs> of the votes coming in and then i'd be like no no no, i really need to do some editing and i walk back over to the computer and i just i just couldn't focus i don't know it's it's really strange right it's it, I, like i'm not that into even the australian election but there's something mm. about the u.s election that they make it such like a, i hate using this word but it's kind of like a sport like yeah, the way is, that yeah. they presented it and the way that you, they've got like this long coverage and it's just mm. this huge day of um, of just counting and being like, well, if he wins this state, then he has a yeah. chance, a 67% chance. It's, it's just, like uh, them playing out a potential final series or something like that. Yeah, it's... Um, it's like, if this happens, yeah, then wild. that could happen, then that could happen. <laughs> yeah. But it is, you're right, it is like a sport because, like, there were so many times even when I was watching early on yesterday when they were just looking at Florida because Florida were, the, like, the first votes coming in. Mm. And uh, it was just like, oh, now Biden's taken back the lead. Oh, this is the impressive by Biden. Oh, no, now it's back to Trump. Trump's taken the lead in. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> it's like how is this interesting? But I don't know. Somehow it, it gets you. Somehow it <laughs> is. Very interesting. And uh, for those listening, of course, we're recording this on a Thursday, so we actually mm. don't know the result now, whereas when you're listening to this, you may very well know the result. Yeah. So, you you, uh, you have actually much better insight than what we have right now. Yes. But, uh, but having said that, we'll still, uh, we'll still talk about it. We'll still um, share our we'll two cents and uh, give our predictions. <laughs> of course. Well, we already gave our predictions, so it'll we be did. interesting to see where we, uh, where we, uh, where we're at with those. Yes. <laughs> All right. Stop. We've got to do sponsor and then we'll jump yep. straight back into it talking about the election. So, let's do it. Um, today's episode is sponsored by ShareSite and ShareSite is an application that you can use to track the performance of your stock portfolio and it's really good for keeping track of all of the different types of gains that you generate when you invest in the stock market. So, your capital gains, dividends, if you have dividend reinvestment plans, then it will do all of those calculations for you. It's basically impossible. Well, it's not impossible, but it's very, very annoying to try and work out the return you're making on reinvested dividends and do all of that for yourself. So, ShareSite will do all of that for you, save you a ton of time. Um, it'll do currency gains if you're buying shares internationally or you hold foreign currencies. And then the main reason why I personally use it is when it comes to tax time. So, ShareSite generates up to 10 different reports that can be used at tax time to easily work out things such as your capital gains, your dividend income, and more. Uh, And at the moment, you can try ShareSite for free by heading over to sharesite.com forward slash young investors. That's site spelled S-I-G-H-T sharesite.com forward slash young investors. And if you use that link, you can also get four months free when you sign up to a yearly subscription. So, go try it out for as long as you want for free 
And if you want to upgrade for some extra features uh, and all of the reporting, then you can get 33% off a yearly subscription. So go check it out if you're interested. Sweet. Uh, yeah. All right. Back into the election. What did you say? You 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 um, tipped that Trump might come through and win. I right? did. Yeah. And I, I tipped Biden. I My tip, I said that I reckon it was either going to be the closest election in history or we'd have the biggest margin ever in history. Mm. <laughs> it's certainly not going to be the latter. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it, it was really strange because once again, the I mean, from what we've seen so far, at least, the polls were grossly wrong. They were in, so wrong. In, in predicting what would happen. And that mm. happened last time. And that was my impression. And mm. I, I, think, I think Joe Biden had... The polls were suggesting that he was far more ahead than Trump yeah. than Hillary was against Trump in 2016. Mm. So that gave me sort of, I guess, less confidence in Trump. I still thought he would he would win. Um, mm. Just I just thought a similar thing to 2016 would happen again. Um, and I mean, it still might be the case. We don't really know. We can sort of run yeah. through some of the what what's left at at um at this current moment. Um, mm. But yeah, fascinating. I think. I think the polls, the national polls had uh, Biden up eight to 10 points, 10 percentage points on the popular vote. And mm. that has just not happened at all, right? What's the- do, The popular vote right now, the most current stats that I'm looking at on ABC News right now yeah. is Joe Biden at 71.2 million votes mm -hmm. and Donald Trump on 67.7. So- I think that Joe Biden will still definitely win the popular vote. Certainly. But yeah, definitely not by as much as what all of the polls were expecting. No. I mean, I remember looking at these polls and um, all these predictions and looking at uh, some of the sites that mathematically work out all of the potential probabilities and possibilities of every single, you know, little thing that could happen. Yeah. And coming up with an overall guess of what the probabilities say. And they were saying like 95% plus that Joe Biden was going to win presidency. Yeah. And they were even predicting that uh, both the House and the Senate would turn blue as well. Uh, well, the yeah. House is already blue, but, yeah. um, but you get what I mean. Um, so, uh, yeah, but just, just phenomenal. And some of these races in some of these states have been so close. Oh, yeah. And cu currently, as we're, as we're looking at, well, the, as we're looking at it right now, the, the states that haven't been called yet are Nevada, uh, Arizona, Alaska, Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, although Alaska is definitely going to be Trump win, but they've yeah. only counted like 56% of the votes, so they haven't, uh, haven't called it there. But so... Joe Biden is currently leading in Nevada and Arizona. Also, did you know that n people from Nevada, they uh, they really don't like it when people say Nevada? <laughs> yeah, I have heard that. I'm still going to say yeah. Nevada. It sounds right to me. So it's, It does sound right. <laughs> I, I feel wrong saying Nevada. But Nevada. apparently that is that is the pronunciation. Yeah, you can't um, you can't pronounce an A like that if you're Australian. So I'm if sorry. You're, yeah, I apologize. I don't know, but, but I, I guess it, I guess it doesn't matter if it's a name. <laughs> Though, right? I mean, if it's a true. name, then it's a name. It, so that is true. But as so, yeah. it's not like answer or answer or dance yeah. or dance or anything like that. True. Uh, but there you go. Anyway, this is besides the point. <laughs> so uh, Nevada slash Nevada, uh, Biden is winning. But geez, it is very very tight there. Uh, yeah. Arizona, Biden is winning fifty one percent, forty eight percent. But then over um, further east, we've got Pennsylvania. Donald Trump is in the lead, 51%, 47%. North Carolina, Trump's 50 to 49%. Uh, and then Georgia, Trump is 50 to 49%. So, there are some really close battles right now. Yeah. It is really hard to predict what is going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I think from the ones that are left, Trump, for, for the ones that are toss-ups that are really close, mm. uh, Trump would need to win all four of them. And Biden just needs right. one, which obviously would indicate that Biden has a better chance. But with that said, Trump is leading in three Trump of them. Trump is leading. And the one that he's not leading in is only a 0.6% margin and only 75% of the votes being counted. So, it's very much still up in the air, although I, I think it would lean to, to Biden's favor. If I had to put mm. money on it now, I wouldn't be putting money on Trump to, to take it from here. I think the way to look at it is what you're saying. Yeah, it's an uphill battle if you're Trump. However... 
the thing is, is that you're slightly further up the hill, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But it's only like it is so incredibly close. Yeah. Pennsylvania's at 87% um, of the vote has been counted. North Carolina, 95% of the vote. Georgia, 95%. Arizona, 86%. Nevada, um, 86%. Alaska, 56%. So, Alaska's... But Alaska's definitely going to Trump. That's that's not going to be Joe Biden's. But man, oh man. Who would have thought that it would end up like this? Everything we were reading before the election was just going to say... Just got, predicting just a blue wave. I mean, there were... I was reading things that were saying Florida's going to turn blue. Texas yeah. is going to turn blue. Well, and the, the polls for Florida had uh, Biden up 4%. <laughs> really? Which is 4%? A, which is bit, was bigger than margin of error, I believe. Um, I, yeah. I believe I've got that correct for Florida. That's insane. Um, oh, well, he lost by 3%. Yeah, so. I think. Or may, maybe he... Maybe he Biden lost by three, but it was a 1% on the polls or something like that. I can't really remember. Oh, okay. but right, right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, okay. it's crazy how many states that Trump won that the polls said that Biden was going to win. Mm. That's the crazy thing. Even what, yeah. what happened in Texas was interesting. I thought that almost was going to go Democrat <laughs> for a second yeah. there. Um, Pretty insane. It's wild. Yeah. Wisconsin, I think, is probably the biggest talking point out of what's happening at the moment. Um, yes. So, Wisconsin's been... I, I believe it's been given to Biden, right, at, at the moment. Yeah, th- this is the this is where we're at with Wisconsin. Uh, 99% of the vote has been counted. Mm. Joe Biden is currently in the lead. One point... So, 1,630,000 votes to Donald Trump's 1,609,000 votes. So, that is tight. <laughs> yeah. It's- that, is, that is tight, man. We could talk about this stuff for a long time because it's so interesting because it's so close. <laughs> it's insane. And if the remaining toss-up states finish, have finished, I should say, because you're listening to this in the future, but if they've finished the way that they look now where Trump wins three and, and Biden wins Nevada, it's really that Wisconsin state that, that decides it, which that, is crazy. It. And it's, mm. I think, what was it? 20,000 votes difference or something? Yeah, very yeah, very small about twenty thousand votes. Exactly right. It's, yep. uh, it's yeah, it's fascinating when it's really when it's really close. Trump's called for a recount for Wisconsin already. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, isn't that yeah. so funny? Isn't that so bizarre? That I mean, that's I mean, that's classic Donald Trump. I mean, he's going to do a- anything he possibly can. But I mean, he's already stated that he's going to challenge the results in the Supreme Court if he's not elected. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm not so um, surprised that he's challenging it. Most states, I think in the US, if the gap is less than 1%, triggers an automatic recount. So, recounts are pretty standard if, that's, if it's close. Wisconsin's oh, okay. one of those states where there's no auto recount, but you can request a recount if it's, the gap is less than 1%. So, I, I would have imagined that either the Democrats or Republicans would have requested a recount. It, it's happened many times before when it's really close. But um, mm. I was doing some research and I, I think that recounts only ever really move a few hundred votes at the most. So, a 20,000, as small as 20,000 votes is in the in the scheme of Wisconsin as a state, uh, it, it's very unlikely that the, they were miscounted by 20,000 mm. votes, if that makes sense. So, it's yeah. actually something I don't know about the United States. Is are, are the votes are, are any votes counted by hand, or are they just count? Are they just processed by machines? I've got no idea. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I would imagine they would be counted by hand. That's usually you reckon? yeah. Okay. I, I would imagine so. May, maybe there's a combination of both. Um, right. But, yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would imagine it'd be like, you know how you used to do those, uh, or even in university, you'd have like maybe quest- uh, multiple choice questions and you just have to circle the 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 little circles, A, B, C, or D? Yeah. You remember those? I, I would imagine they just have a form like that, that they could just spit into a machine so the machine can just read it. But yeah, yeah who knows? I mean, that would, be the, that would be the smart thing to do. You would think that the, yeah. the crazy thing is there's so many ways that, that things, mistakes could be made. Human True. errors and computer errors and all of the different states having slightly different ways that they're running their uh, voting. Like Pennsylvania, for example, election day is over and they're still accepting votes. And that's very different to a mm. lot of states where Florida's received all of their votes. Like it's kind of said and done, whereas Pennsylvania... 
not only have they not finished counting, but there's still votes coming in. People are still- Yeah, that's crazy. So, having- uh, I was listening to someone say that it's kind of crazy that they have this national election, but every state can kind of choose how they go about it. And there's how all these different it. rules. It's a, uh, it's a, yeah, it's crazy. It's very interesting. In the, uh, in the recent ACT election, um, <laughs> a little bit closer to home, uh, <laughs> we actually did, uh, implemented basically all electronic voting, right. which was fantastic. And, and that worked really well. I think there was like over 80% of the votes cast were electronic voting. So you'd still show up to, to a polling booth, except they were just touch screens on the polling booth. Right. So, you'd walk in there, you'd wash your hands, the screen would get wiped down. Um, there was no paper involved. That Everyone that w- was recording your name was just on a laptop. So, they just tick your name off on the laptop, on the database. Then you just walk over. It's like on a, on a big kind of iPad thing. And then you just tick the boxes electronically, send it in. And it worked really well. And it's mm. also so much easier to count because, I mean, it's just done. It's just submit it to the database kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it make, it removes so many, so much errors just by mm. doing it on computer. I, I could definitely see a point in the future where oh, if we yeah, can- definitely. I mean, certainly doing that where you physically go and then use a, a digital device. But if there's a way that we can sort of have, I guess, online identification, that's as mm. good as sort of in-person identification, then yeah. um, you could imagine just, you know, being able to, to vote from home on a, on yeah, a, on a computer on to a website. Form. And that might seem really strange at the moment. That certainly would not be uh, a suitable way to do it right now, but I'm, I'm positive that that's the way it will go, you know, oh, yeah, 10, of course. 30, I mean, however many yeah. years it takes to get there. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be... It's like how you can still fill in an, uh, a paper tax return, but it's just like the ATO basically actively discourages you from doing so. They're just like, please, t- <laughs> Don't please do just it. do it online. <laughs> Billy, we've got another um, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was that? Another person sent in a paper tax return. All right, let me get my pencil out. <laughs> Guys, he's got this dark office in the back. The guy's doing the, the paper, the paper tax yeah. returns. <laughs> Yeah. Come out. Yeah, he's got a little typewriter next to him. Yeah. Pa- a little, little pencil and eraser. <laughs> little ink blotter. <laughs> do, do, do. He's, he's got this notebook. He does all of his mathematics. He does all of his sums just on, on this piece of paper next to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, hopefully what, you know, the first 20 minutes of this podcast is actually still somewhat relevant by the time it comes out on Saturday. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if they're still doing recounts and that sort of thing, I guess yeah, I, I guess it's likely that by the time you're listening to this, you'll have an answer, but there'll probably still be recounts going. So, whether that has an impact, mm. I don't know. Um, whether, and they're saying yeah. that potentially this 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 recount business, this Supreme Court business, could take you know weeks and weeks. Yeah. So it may, it may not even be like that. We may not be recounting anything. Um, well, obviously in those states that you said it's automatically triggered, then I guess they would be recounting. But mm. um, but yeah, some of the some of the legal stuff it could take <laughs> could take weeks, and that's just I don't know. That's just not what anyone wants. But I guess it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, There's nothing watching, nothing worse than watching the broadcast all of yesterday, expecting to know a winner by the time the broadcast is over. And then they say, well, thank you very much for tuning in to CNN Election Day, America votes uh, or America <laughs> decides. And uh, that's it for our coverage. And you still don't know who the president yeah. is. All right. Good night, America. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if Biden had won Florida and a couple of the others early, they would have been able to to call it oh, pretty early. Of course, it, it, I mean, yeah. I think if by if right now if Biden had won either Texas or Florida, that would have been it. That's enough. Yeah, it, it, that, yeah. W- that would have been it easily. Yeah, probably. So very early they, on, it was. Do a, they both have more than thirty? I, I don't even know how. Uh, many. Florida had twenty nine, and 29. Uh, Texas had a lot. I don't know, thirty. Yeah, something. they've got a lot. So yeah, yeah, I think they've got Biden at two fifty three at the moment. So yep. that would have taken him to like two eighty. So yeah, he would have won it. There you go. Yeah. But not the case. Down to the wire. Oh, well. Helps uh, all the media companies out there, all the news companies make more money. Yeah, they can milk it for another couple of days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, dear. All right. Shall we move on into our next news story then? We've got some earnings to talk yes, about. Yes, we do. Well, and we? these were from Thursday last week. So, these are, you know, quite a while ago. But, of course, we had our 100th episode last week. So Yeah, we had um, the special. We had, we're playing catch up. Yeah, we're playing catch up at the moment. Um, this mm. is actually the first. Is this the first earnings we've spoken about? No. No, we've no, done. We, we did. did some Chipotle and we, Netflix right. and yeah. 
something else. I can't remember. Yeah, so we've done a couple of them, but certainly um, not not that many. We'll, we'll try and still continue. got some big dogs. Yeah, we've still got a fair few to, to go through. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, where should we start? Should we start with Facebook? Yeah, take us through Facebook. Yeah, Why so not? Facebook. I like Facebook. Facebook's interesting. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about both Facebook and Google, and they both reported on the same day, and they both reported their Q3 earnings, and they're both the digital advertising businesses. So, this will maybe yep. be a nice little comparison we can do. Um, mm. But for Facebook, uh, revenue was uh, came in at $21.5 billion, which was up 22% uh, year over year, that is. Right. Uh, 21.2 uh, billion of that was from advertising. So, that's obviously, you know, 99 or something percent of their yeah. business. And 249 million was from their other category, which is either payments uh, and then Oculus Rift, their um, VR company <laughs> yeah um and that's yeah a, but definitely definitely yeah. advertising is 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 where it's at Ye- with facebook yeah exactly i think their other segment was their revenue was actually down seven percent so i don't know what happened there all oh, right um but mm. uh their ad- core advertising business was was growing at 22 percent and um it's pretty decent earnings per share was up 28 percent to two dollars and 71 cents um which is the first time in quite a while this year, I mean, that uh, earnings have grown faster than revenue. For, for 2018, 2019, they were spending a okay. lot of money to, to um, I, I guess, build up their headcount, their staffing, and, and to improve their, their platform. And as a result, mm. they were growing their revenue, but then growing their earnings at a slower rate. Um, yep. So, this year, we've, we've kind of seen that, that trend change a little bit, which is positive, certainly, for mm. um, Facebook shareholders. Mm. Um, so gross margins were were decreasing. Yeah, I, I think operating um, just probably because a lot of the higher expenses were were like staffing expenses, like having, uh, yeah, having higher staff. Sense. So um, yeah, but their margins were were decreasing for a little while there. Yeah. And I think I mean they're still trending down. It's just that in 2020 they had the the benefit of of a lot of people working from home and a substantial increase in in uh, how many people were using Facebook even though they're such a huge platform already. Um and uh, also yeah, I just I just made a big mistake. Of course it's operating margin not gross margin. Yes. Anyway, yeah. sorry moving on. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um the, the some of the I guess the main numbers to look at for Facebook would be daily active users and monthly active users. Uh and they, these numbers are just astounding. I I, I always, I'm always so surprised that they continue to grow these numbers. Um daily active users came in at 2.54 billion and that was up 15% year over year. So Still growing wow. that number at a ridiculous rate. Uh, Double digit growth. Jeez. Year over year. Even like even though it's year over year, like that's still impressive. Do- Double digit growth when you're in the daily active users up in the 2.5 billion <laughs> range. Yeah. And I mean, quarter over quarter, this is 2%, 3% growth, um, mm. but still very significant. Uh, monthly active users was 3.21 billion. So, well wow. over uh, one third of the global population uses Facebook every single month. I'm not sure if that's good that's, or sad. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, are you a Facebook shareholder or not? That'll give you the answer. <laughs> it's great. Log back it's into fantastic. Facebook, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unreal. But no, that, like we say, every time Facebook earnings come around, we always end up saying, like, how crazy is it? How crazy is it that like, <laughs> like a third, what is it, what, a third of the... More than a third of the world's population is logging on to Facebook, one of Facebook's apps at least once a month. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Where are they finding these people? Yeah, I reckon. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Questions raised. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, one. legit? Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> two. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, three. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> True. How would we know? How would we know? <laughs> He's got to hope that there someone's keeping an eye on the the accuracy of the of the or the the legitimacy of the accounts that Facebook has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is an interesting kind of discussion though, because it's kind of in their favor, at least if they're just looking to make their company look good on the surface, not actually be good. But it would be in their favor to not delete fake accounts then, yeah, if, of course. if it could increase that number. Obviously, that does. Yeah. It's terrible for the business. So if you had a good management team, you. <laughs> You would think they would be not doing that, but um, if it was just a management team that just needed to boost their daily active users to get their compensation, then, then just don't delete fake don't accounts. Don't delete fake accounts. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, and then obviously the flip side to that is that all these fake accounts are still taking up server space and taking up you know this That's and that, detracting the experience of everyone else. 
So yeah, um, but yeah, there's there's two sides of the coin. You're right. If you just needed more active users, just like oh, this month we just won't won't delete all the fake accounts that are <laughs> popping up out there. <laughs> yeah, um, that one of the, the the notable things I saw out of their users was so for Facebook.com, just the main Facebook platform, um, they actually saw a decline in monthly active users in their North American segment. Um, so that's the first time that that's happened in a long time. Um, they were down a million people um, on monthly active users and down 2 million people on daily active users. Um, and that's on a quarter over quarter basis, the, the number of people mm. they were down. So, they actually saw a decline. Um, although, to be fair, I think they had something like 250 million monthly active users in US and Canada. And there's about 360 million people in the US and Canada. So, they have a very sizable chunk of that market. So, it's, it's going to be very challenging for them to, to increase uh, yeah. the number of users there considering a good chunk of that 360 million people is uh, children who are not using Facebook. And then you also have people who are really old who are also not using Facebook. Yeah, so. tr- yeah true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that's kind of like the, the main numbers out of Facebook. I was reading about what sort of management was saying about, you know, what they're, they're seeing over the next year. And their biggest concern at the moment is that uh, there's been the release of a new iPhone software called iOS 14. Um, and this software actually makes users have to opt in to app tracking. So, um, now if you log into Facebook using iOS 14, it will ask you um, if you want the app to be able to track your data, basically. Um, okay. And why this is a big concern is because, of course, Facebook uses that data to then provide you ads in other apps. So, um, th- they call this ad category audience network. And if you've ever been on a mobile game or anything and you've seen ads, um, sometimes they're Google ads uh, and sometimes they're Facebook ads that you're seeing inside of the, the game that you're playing. Um, but their ability okay. to provide those ads, uh, it requires uh, users to now opt in to a certain level of tracking. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so so it just means that they might take a little hit um, in 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 the advertising revenue for the users that are on iOS 14. Correct. And f- right. in the specific segment which is audience network, which I was having a little bit yes. of a look and um, you know, Facebook believes that audience networks is quite a significant contributor to to the performance of businesses ads um it's quite a relatively low spend um so it's not where businesses are spending the most money but running audience network ads in combination with other ads has a significant effect on the performance of those ads so you would anticipate that you know just in perfect theory you would imagine that um if they're no longer able to run these ads, businesses are getting worse performance, businesses would mm. spend less money or be less inclined to move advertising money from other platforms onto Facebook. So, that's yep. something but to But to, to yeah. be clear, this is not advertising that shows up on like the Facebook app no. or Messenger. No, this is this is other apps. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. outside of outside of Outside Facebook. of... Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that was interesting and management also said that uh, and they the, the the thing I'm about to explain they describe as a negative but so they say that management believes that they benefited from covid um and that's obviously to be expected they believe that they benefited from an acceleration of uh, businesses transitioning uh, their businesses offline to online uh, or adding an yep. online presence but also spending money um directly on online advertising. Um, oh really? Okay. And uh, as a result, they expect that next year they could see slower growth. So, in a similar way to we spoke about with Netflix, where they believed that in Q1 and Q2, they pulled, they saw a pull forward on users who were expected to sign up later in the year, but just did it earlier because they had to stay home. Um, Facebook sees a similar thing. They expect that the people that they would have got next year uh, to, to m- transition online and, and start advertising online, they have been brought forward. So, um, that's gonna, that, that's a bit of a concern for management at the moment. I mean, it's not really a concern for shareholders. It just means the money's been brought forward. But if you're looking strictly at growth rates, um, then that's gonna have a, a negative impact mm. on that. Interesting. Cause we've seen kind of in the, in the advertising space initially when the lockdown was happening, all the money kind of got sapped out of, uh, of online advertising. Yeah. But as, as we've been, as we've noticed, and as I'll talk about as well with Google, that money's come back. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it, I don't. I don't know what it was. Maybe. Maybe at the at the worst of the lockdown, uh, at the at the height of the uncertainty, maybe companies were just like, "Oh, we better just halt online advertising, save this money just in case." Yeah. And maybe now they're just like, "Actually, no. What are we doing? We, it's still smart for us to spend online. Still helps us." Helps us uh, get lots of customers, so I don't know. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Interesting. It, it's probably that businesses initially were looking for the easiest places they could cut costs um, to kind yeah. of protect their business, and then it, the you you kind of realize that you have a lot of people staying at home, and that in uh, using cheaper online advertising in front of those people. Uh, could be really beneficial. So, I guess that's kind of what happened. And just from an anecdotal mm. perspective, I'm not sure if you saw this, but our ad rates, the the rates that advertisers were paying for ads on my videos was fluctuating a lot throughout this yeah. year. Went up and plummeted. down and up for and me, down. Yeah, for me, it plummeted in the in the lockdown and now it's kind of stabilized back to normal. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah that kind of... Uh, I don't know. It was kind of weird because it, uh, on one one side, we got the uh, our revenue per, th- say, 1,000 views would drop drop hmm. but because we were talking about the stock market the stock market was doing all sorts when the lockdown was at its worst then our views were up <laughs> yeah so kind of all uh it's kind of one thing dragged us down another thing lifted us up <laughs> which is kind of weird but uh, yeah you're right sorry no not at all it's a it's a wild ride running Yay, a youtube channel youtube what are we going to make gods. this week? <laughs> what are we going to make this month? Nothing? Is it going to cool. be good or is it going to be nothing? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But no, seriously, you can totally understand why a lot of YouTubers, they try and take most of their income streams off of YouTube <laughs> after a while because um, it's so it just fluctuates so much. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, we'll talk about that when we talk about Google. <laughs> yes, we'll get there. Out. Right. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, there's, there's only a couple of other things for Facebook. So, in terms of their balance sheet, uh, their financial position, uh, so they currently have 55.6 billion in cash and cash equivalents. So they are loaded up on cash. They have no debt, mm. um, and their equity position grew by 16% uh, during mm. the quarter. Uh, yeah, it must have been during the quarter um, to 117 uh, billion dollars in equity. Um, mm. And in terms of how people, investors liked or disliked the news, the earnings, uh, the stock was up 5% on the day. Um, and then it kind of dropped over the next few days, but that might have been driven by just the overall market going down as well. And then today, the stock was up 8%. Um, and well, wait. I don't know what to attribute that to. Nothing specifically happened except that we, of course, just had the election day. Um, so, besides that, I don't know if there's any specific news that came out of Facebook that I missed. But as far as I could see, I, I couldn't see anything. Mm, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's a good good quarter for Facebook. I just wanted to do that a quick um, comparison. So, Facebook has... $55.6 billion in cash and cash equivalents. So, mm. uh, that's the thing and no debt. That's the thing with these online advertising companies. They are literally, I don't know, they got to be the closest thing to just a money printing machine that exists. Pretty much. Is, is, is there anything that's closer to a straight money printing machine? I don't the, know. I mean, the crazy thing to me with these kinds of businesses is they generate such a high return on invested capital. And yeah. that's even while a significant amount of that capital is just cash. It's not yeah. earning anything. It's not like they're earning a 20% ROIC, but if you actually remove the cash, which really isn't doing anything, it's just there. It's just sitting they're there. just looking for yeah. something to do with it. Their return on their investments is insane. And mm. they have a ton of cash around. <laughs> so, it's, it's a very weird that's world. Actually, that's a very good point. Because Google's another one that has an amazing ROIC in like the 20% range. Yeah. I was just looking. They have... So, Facebook had $55.6 billion in cash and cash equivalents, which is a lot. Yeah. Google has $132 billion in cash and cash equivalents. Yeah. And like, that's bloody insane. Yeah. And depending <laughs> on how you do your return on invested capital equation, the most common one is some kind of profit figure divided by equity plus long-term debt. But if you took... Mm. Their equity plus long-term debt. Maybe I'm getting. I'm starting to read some of your stuff, but um, it's oh, no, it, it's it. about two hundred and thirty uh, billion dollars that they would have in capital for that equation. Yeah. But as yeah, as you just said, one hundred and thirty-two billion of that is cash. More than half of it's cash. So it's uh, re- in reality it's- they're probably generating a far higher return on their investments. So it's fascinating. Yeah. 
That's no, it's very good. All right, shall we move on and then talk about Google? Yes, let's do it. Take it away. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, I, I chucked this headline in or the, the whatever the first sentence of the article was because I thought it was pretty funny. So listen to this. So we're talking Google Q3 earnings here. Um, so the the article read, despite a global pandemic, the biggest tech antitrust lawsuit in more than two decades and an escalating battle against accusations of censorship, Google is doing just fine, <laughs> uh, which is yeah. so true. I mean, that's, this is a story, story of Google. Uh, I mean, Google, uh, I can kind of understand why, where people come from, where they're like, man, we've got to break up these big companies because at this point, Google can basically do whatever they want and they can get fined for it and they can still profit. Like They can still come out the other side making a lot of cash. <laughs> Business is just too um, good. Just- they they really are. They are. <laughs> I mean, credit to them. I mean, this is the kind of capitalist way of looking at things. I yeah. mean, they've made a business that a lot of people like and a lot of people use. So, I mean, good on them. They probably deserve that more than me. They I haven't made a business that's been more helpful than Google. So, so there you go. But uh, that's kind of the capitalistic way of looking at things, I suppose. Um, so yeah, what, what did it say here? Strong bounce back because, uh, la- oh, that's right. Last quarter with the shutdown, Google posted its first quarter over quarter revenue decline in history. Um, wow. so last quarter they, uh, they, well, the total ad revenue fell from 33 billion to 29.8 billion. Uh, however, uh, this quarter, that number has rebounded from 29.8 billion up to 37 billion. Uh, so that's uh, that's what their advertising revenue. So that includes Google, YouTube, and the Google Network members' properties. Right. Okay, so that was just advertising revenue. That wasn't even total revenue. So advertising revenue has definitely bounced back. Revenue, just total revenue has also bounced back. $46.2 billion uh, for the quarter, which is up 14% year over year from $40.5 billion. It's up 20% quarter over quarter from $38.3 billion. Hmm. Um, so yeah, if we break it down, the bulk of the money that they make is from Google search. So $26.3 billion from Google search. $5 billion from YouTube ads, which was uh, up uh, from $3.8 billion in Q3 2019. Wow. So yeah, quite quite substantial growth in YouTube ads, but uh, still not as big of a chunk of revenue as just straight up Google search twenty six point three billion versus five billion. Yeah. Um, then if we trickle our way down, uh, the Google Network members' properties. Um, so people that use Google ads on their own things. Um, revenue there was five point seven billion, so a little bit more than YouTube. And then, so overall, their advertising business, that's where we hit that number of 37 billion, which is up from 33.7 billion in Q3 2019. Right. So that- And then, so that's, sorry, you're going to say- No, I was just going to just um, just say that. So that puts kind of Google's uh, business at about twice the size, not quite twice, the size of um, mm. was Facebook's advertising business. Yeah. What was the advertising revenue? Uh, 21 like, billion. 21. Quarter. Okay. And then this one was 37. 37. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so roughly, yeah. 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 Uh, Very interesting, actually. I've never made that comparison. That is quite interesting. Um, Google is a beast. It's a big (laughs) company. Yeah, yeah. And technically, when we say Google, we shouldn't actually say Google. We should be saying Alphabet because this is Google's parent company. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's it's Google. Yeah. so, what are we talking about? Uh, moving on from advertising revenue, uh, of course, another big part of Google's business is their cloud revenue. So, they made $3.4 billion, which is up uh, from $2.3 billion, uh, last Q3 last year. Hmm. And then Google Other, which I think I'm not exactly sure what is in Google Other revenue. Uh, it does say that it's YouTube non-advertising revenue. Hmm. I can actually tell um, you because I looked at this the other day. Oh, um, good. It, I, I'm wondering, one thing that I'm interested in is where does hardware slot into their revenue? Do you know that? Uh, is that in other? Yeah, so other includes hardware. Um, it also yes. includes the in-app and just regular app purchases in the Play right. Store. It includes yep. YouTube non-advertising revenue, as you just mentioned, which is yep. basically YouTube Red, I think it's called, and YouTube yeah. TV, um, which is the television network. Uh, mm. And I believe that's it. 
I think that's all of the, okay. the other little things that they have. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's yeah. it's a little bit of a weird mix of a number mm. of different things. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that that uh, they made some good revenue there, five point five billion in the quarter, which is up from four billion. So, um, so yeah, a, a strong bounce back. They had twenty four percent operating margin, so which is about the same year over year. Uh, so they had operating margin of eleven point two billion. Uh, and then turning to the uh, cash flow statement, they had eleven point six billion in free cash flow for the quarter, which is great. Uh, and then yeah, going back to those balance sheet numbers as well, which is what we were talking about with Facebook there, one hundred and thirty two billion dollars of cash or cash equivalents, and only fourteen billion dollars in long term debt, which uh, is pretty phenomenal. Pretty phenomenal. Um, I was just having a qu- bit of a squiz just through the balance sheet. <clears throat> they have total assets of $299 billion. They're almost $300 billion of total assets. But, <laughs> of course, when you just think about assets, you you have to compare that to liabilities. Total liabilities of only $86 billion. Wow. $299 billion of assets, $86 billion of liabilities. Just a- How insane is that? $212 billion of equity. It's just a cash machine. Businesses that... It just prints money. Yeah, it's just a money printer. Basically. <laughs> Why would you need debt if you've just got a money printer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, why, why do you need debt if you can just, you know, take a couple billion out of the $132 billion cash pile? Yeah, I wonder what that $14 <laughs> billion in long-term debt's for. Like, what... what I do, like, you know, I don't know. I And I think that... Sorry, I'm going to try and squeeze back to the, to the balance sheet here. Yeah. Because I think last quarter, they didn't have anywhere near that long-term debt. Sorry, I'm just trying to find it. I've gone too far now. That's classic. Uh, liabilities, long-term debt. So, this is... Uh, sorry, this is last year. Hang on. Let me let me get this right. So, as of September 30, 2020... They had $13.9 billion, uh, in long-term debt. As of December 31st, 2019... That's a weird comparison. That's not the right quote. Anyway, as of December 31, 2019, mm. they had $4.5 billion. Actually, I reckon the reason they made that comparison is because this is before the pandemic started and where we are now. Right. I think that's why they probably made that comparison, which doesn't match perfectly. So, I reckon what they would have done is they would have, in part, taken on some long-term debt just potentially as a cushion, as a just-in-case, when if they got given the opportunity to do that cheaply. Yeah. I don't know. Must just be really low interest rate, I would imagine. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. we've seen, I think, like, even, like, Berkshire Hathaway took on some debt um, not too long ago, even though they've got so much cash <laughs> as well. I think it's just, uh, you know, if, if you can borrow it, super low interest rate, I mean, may as well. You never know. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Good because question. You have, I, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't know either. It's kind of interesting because you have a Facebook. It's a very similar business to Google, a little bit smaller, but then, and they also have a ton of cash, but then they have no debt. And then why does Google decide to just have a little bit of debt? Like what's going into the, the mm. difference between those two? That's what I wonder. Yeah. Maybe someone yeah. can tell us. Good question. <laughs> yeah. If you're an expert, let us know. Um, all right. That's uh, basically all I had for Google. Yeah. Uh, basically, I think the story of Google's Q3 earnings, if I had to summarize it in one <laughs> sentence, is last quarter, it was looking a bit sketchy because they had declining revenue. However, this quarter, uh, no worries at all. It's bounced back plus some. Great. Interesting. And that's basically the, 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 the gist yeah, I'll, I'll be very interested to follow, and I said this last week to, or the week before, to follow this um, antitrust lawsuit. Um, I hope that, you know, we um, we find some things out relatively soon, but I guess we probably won't, but probably not. it's going to be a, definitely be a landmark case if if uh, the government is successful um, and mm. there's, there's some substantial changes there. It will rock a lot of the tech businesses on the stock market, that's for sure. Mm. If Google yeah. is forced to break up or even just pay a huge fine, I can guarantee you they're coming for, for Facebook or Apple or one of these big companies next. Oh, yeah. And they'll use that case as a, as a benchmark for their ability to do yep. it. So, Once they sting one, they're going to sting them all. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, the, you know, the, the funny thing is I just kind of thought about this just now. Imagine if they handed down a $100 billion fine to Google. They would still have $32 billion worth of cash. <laughs> <laughs> Still, they still. I mean, their business. It wouldn't be as beast as what it is right now. But I mean, they'd, they'd still be able to do that. Yeah, it's <laughs> they'd be ridiculous. like, oh yeah, we can pay that. We've still got thirty-two billion in cash and cash equivalents. Only fourteen billion in long-term debt. You know, whatever. Fine, we won't acquire that bank. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it'd bring their total assets down to one hundred and ninety-nine billion, and their total liabilities would be at eighty-six billion. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And they'd have $112 billion of equity. So, <laughs> there you go. Amazing. That's cr- kind of crazy. You could find them $100 billion and they'd still be fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. What have we got? We've got, uh, we've got one more story. Yeah, uh, we'll get through this one. This one's pretty boring, but I mean, we should talk about it. Yeah, so the RBA, uh, they had their meeting, their uh, monthly meeting uh, a couple of days ago, and they have decided to start doing quantitative easing. So, um, mm. they announced a, from what I read from ABC, they announced uh, $100 billion worth of uh, quantitative easing, which basically means that they're going to be buying $100 billion worth of government bonds. Uh, over the next six months, and uh, the, the yep. breakdown of those bonds was about eighty billion of Australian government bonds, and then twenty billion of of state government bonds, according to ABC. Mm. Um, yep. So the other thing about these bonds is that they're going to be buying sort of long term maturity bond, or I guess these are mid maturity between five and yeah, ten I guess years. So. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're kind of wondering how sort of what effect this has when the government buys. These government bonds, it essentially raises the prices of those bonds and therefore lowers the interest rate on them. And that's really the target that they're going for is they released a new target for their cash rate, the official interest rate. And that target is now 0.1%, which is incredibly low. (laughs) Indeed it is. Man, that's crazy. There we go. It's basically almost free. I wonder if... (laughs) Like, I don't know enough about negative interest rate policy to talk confidently about it, but I wonder if that is something that we'll start to see. I think there are some European countries that have negative interest rate policy at the moment. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, I'd have to check that. But yeah, it seems so bizarre that we could get into it, potentially get into this this period of negative interest rates where it's just like, if you hold cash, we will penalize you. Yeah. And I mean, you would imagine that if the rate of interest is currently 0.1%, assuming there's any level of inflation at the moment, the real mm. uh, interest rate, so including inflation, is already negative. Is Yeah, um, good point. So, I think the- inf- I don't know off the top of my head. I, I looked at it the other day. I think it was 1.5% is the current inflation rate in Australia or something like that. So, that mm. would seem to indicate that we are already in, in real negative terms. Um, mm. But uh, Yeah, true. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, in, in terms of, I guess, what they're trying to achieve with this, pretty stock standard stuff. Um, by lowering that uh, cash rate, it sort of encourages more borrowing. Um, uh, sorry, borrowing becomes cheaper and therefore encourages it for individuals and businesses. Um, it helps the Australian dollar to stay low, which encourages uh, investment and economic growth domestically. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of some of the major major mm-hmm. outcomes that we'll have from this. Couple of couple of buzzwords: economic stimulus. <laughs> that's what it aims to do. I get to give a nice presentation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I reckon Jobs. if you're like, jo- yeah, I reckon, yeah, I was just thinking about that, stand up and just be like, through our economic stimulus, we are going to increase the number of jobs in Australia quite significantly. Economic stimulus is very important to us. We want to stimulate this, we're going to stimulate that. Economic stimulus, jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs> That's all you'd have to say. Pretty much, yeah. And and everyone in Australia will vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> just answer answer any question as a politician any question you get asked just answer it with economic stimulus yeah. jobs <laughs> jobs yeah look i know you're asking about i don't know uh inequality in australia but let me tell you about jobs <laughs> the one thing that fixes inequality yeah is jobs. exactly is jobs <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the more jobs, the less inequality. The more equality. Exactly. More economic stimulus equals equality. <laughs> <laughs> the key to to getting to, to enabling same sex marriage is to stimulate jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Ay ay ay. So that's like every every Australian politician. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought I'd chuck in a little bit on the end of this. So, yep, they uh, so the RBA, the Reserve Bank, Australia's central bank, they lower the interest rates, they buy the bonds. And what's the reaction out? So, the reaction, hopefully, is that, well, the RBA wants to encourage Australians to borrow more. They borrow to invest or borrow to, you know sink some money into the real estate market. And uh, if we have a look at uh, the major banks, then the banks have passed on uh, some of that uh, benefit to their customers. So we've got uh, the article reads here, Commonwealth Bank, Westpac and NAB have taken a knife to lending rates following the RBA's decision on Tuesday to cut the cash rate to, uh, yeah, to 10 basis points to better support the Australian economy out of COVID-19. A statement on Wednesday morning, CBA said its owner-occupied four-year fixed rate would be reduced by 100 basis points to 1.99%, the lowest fixed rate the bank has ever offered in its 108 year history. Westpac has also moved its four year fixed owner occupied rate to 1.99%. NAB on Wednesday afternoon said its four year fixed rate uh, owner sorry its four year fixed owner occupied rate would move to 1.98%, the lowest rate the finance, financial institution has ever offered. Wow. So there you go. So I guess uh, yeah, you want to buy a house? <laughs> that is really low. And I mean mm. it's only four years fixed, but but I mean, still, it is very low. I mean, you can you can lock in one like one point nine eight percent for four years. Yeah, I mean that they can't they can't change that on you. It's fixed. So, I mean that def- definitely gives gives you some level of security. I don't know uh, clarity over potentially your finances over the next four years. So, That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a mortgage would probably be the biggest expenditure for for a lot of people. Oh, so definitely. to be able to lock that in at a very very low rate, I'm sure. Did you? What did you say? It's the lowest they've ever. Low, yeah, for NAB and for uh, for CBA, the lowest rate they've offered on the four year ever in history. Wow, <clears throat> incredible! So, four year fixed. So there you go. Yeah, everyone, go buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> Housing affordability just got even worse. Well, house prices went up, but loans, I guess, yeah, loans, loans are easier. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I get that's 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 that story. We'll, we'll leave it there. Should we? Have we got we'll time for some Q and A? Yeah, we've. Uh, you want to do maybe just one? Yeah. All right, we'll do we'll do one. Um, All right, you pick. All right, quick skim. <laughs> quick quick skim. <laughs> Uh, do, hey, let's let's do this one. Let's do this one. Great podcast, gents. Really enjoy them. Uh, are there any industries you believe are up and coming, or even coming back, and maybe worth looking into from a value investing perspective? Uh, they give the example here of potentially like the uh, you know AI companies or cannabis, the cannabis industry. Uh, in in your I don't know from your perspective, your view on the world, mm. what are some up and coming industries or industries that you think might be might be big in the future? Yeah, I mean I I don't look too much into really new industries that are kind of coming around for the first time. I like industries that have a long track record. But with that said, um, I guess one area in which you would you would say a new industry is growing is is digital advertising. I think I mean obviously the advertising industry has been around for a very long time. Um, but in the last 10 years in particular, um, probably the last 20 years, but particularly in the last 10 years, oh, there's, yeah. been a, there's been a significant um, transition of businesses advertising through traditional means um, to then advertising online. And um, it's also an interesting industry, I think, because you have two players that make up the vast majority of the market, Facebook and Google, which we just spoke mm. about. They both make up combined, I think, about 90% of the online marketing space. So, that just means that as this tailwind continues, as businesses continue to move their advertising spend online, it's mostly going to these two businesses. Um, And I'm I'm sure that was probably uh, part of the thesis that, who was it? Was it Michael Burry that invested in both of them? 
Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah so, <clears throat> I mean, that, that, that kind of is, you can very easily, I guess, make a bet on that industry. You don't even need to buy an index or anything. You just invest in both of the two companies and you basically capture 90% of mm. that market. So, that's one. I think Klarman did as well, didn't he? Yeah, maybe it was Klarman. Maybe it was Klarman that I'm thinking of. I know that Burry definitely bought uh, those call options uh, on the that's two. That's it. He yes. didn't. He did own the stock, but he doesn't anymore. He he dances around in his positions sometimes, Michael yeah, Worry. But yeah, I think we're talking about Klarman. I think you're yes, referring to Klarman. I was definitely referring to Klarman. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So, that's one that yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit close to because I'm invested in Facebook. Um and uh, we obviously have a little bit of involvement in, in online advertising um, on both yep. sides of it, actually. So, that's kind of my view on things. But other than that, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Have you got any that yeah. you're, you see? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely agree over the, over the medium term, then digital advertising is just, I can't see it slowing down. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, just thinking more, more broadly, uh, I tend to just think about, what industries are going to do well? I, I don't know. I just picture what the world is probably going to look like in 20, 30 years time and then work backwards. So, obviously, like, uh, no no surprise that uh, renewables is going to be a, a, a ginormous industry. Um, mm-hmm. And even, like, energy, just like energy in general, because it's going to, like, everything that we do will probably be powered from electricity. So, uh, energy will be huge. Uh, renewable energy you know, electric vehicles, all that sort of stuff, the Tesla kind of, uh, the Tesla kind of aspect, mm. I guess. Um, definitely, I agree um, that the AI, AI is going to be huge. Um, AI could be like scarily huge. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, it, it, it may, it may go huge or it may not be too big of a thing. I think it really depends on the regulation of AI. Um, yeah. because AI could, AI could essentially like before we die, AI could basically be running the whole world. It is getting so much better that quickly. And the fact that everything these days is going kind of into the digital space and on, on the internet and that sort of stuff. I mean, that is just the perfect environment for AI to just go bananas. I mean, we're kind of already seeing it. I mean, we're not really seeing like, like properly, crazy AI, but I mean, we already see it like with Tesla's cars, they drive themselves and Google's neural net. They know what you want to search before, before you've even finished typing it, that sort of stuff. But that's just going to go absolutely crazy. I think the other big one, which may or may not go really huge, I have a feeling it will get huge eventually is genetics. Um, So, genetic engineering, that sort of stuff. Mm. Obviously, the only way it would get big initially is in the in the curing of diseases, because that's probably the only way you can get ethics to ethics committees to agree <laughs> um, to to various studies. But I mean, some of the some of the technology that we've got um, around genetics that we're just not allowed to use is just insane. So wow. I have a feeling that we'll we'll get to a point, um, and you know, there's a lot of ethical questions over life extension and that sort of thing. And, you know, even cloning is like, obviously, a, has, has been a, has been a ethical issue that we've talked about in the past. But I mean, if, if some of these ethical issues are overcome, then genetics could be huge, like could be m- massive. Um, especially if, you know, if we can figure out ways of, you know, extending people's lives by 20, 30, 40 years just through genetic engineering. Yeah. Um, then, I mean, there'd be a lot of people that would sign up to that. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really fascinating. I haven't looked much into that at all. Um, mm. I'll have to, I'll have to find I, only, I only have a basic understanding of it because I don't really look into it because it is so clamped down in ethics at the moment. Yeah. Like, I probably wouldn't be looking to invest in that area just because there's so much ethical uncertainty but yeah, yeah that's the that's my take anyway. that's the kind of the fine balance you need to make right because these new industries are really exciting but there's also a lot of uncertainty there so you need to kind of mm, balance lots. reducing yeah. your uncertainty by investing where you know there's going to be consistent cash flows in the future but balancing that with investing in industries that have a lot of potential as well yeah true. Um, finding that fine balance yeah, is so- important i think yeah, so like your example of digital advertising is the perfect example of what you're just talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I, I, I like to think so. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's been around for 10 years yeah, um, at least and it's shown amazing growth and consistent cash flows. It's been very profitable, increasingly so, and it's not going to go anywhere in the near future. So, no, you're right. That's a good example. Yeah. All right. Um, should we wrap it up there for today? 
Yeah, let's wrap it up. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in as always. And uh, if you have a question for next week, then uh, you can head over to the YouTube version of the podcast. Uh, what's the link again? Is it youtube.com forward slash the young investors podcast? I think that's correct. Oh, you put me on the spot. I think yeah, probably. pretty sure it's that. The Young Investors the Podcast. Young Investors or you Podcast. can just search it yeah. anyway and it will come up. Um, head over to the, click on the channel and, and then click on the latest episode and just leave your questions as a comment down there. And uh, every week we take those questions and uh, we get through as many of them as possible. Um, and as always, if you have companies you want us to look at, uh, sorry, earnings for companies you want us to look at or news topics or anything you want us to discuss, you can also leave that there. But um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks, share site for sponsoring as always and thanks brandon for joining me all good all right and uh hope you guys have a good week see you later guys see ya